Sister Roz and I were very, very recently blessed with the opportunity and the means to travel abroad to visit brethren and sisters at the Polish Bible camp in Krakow and one week later to visit Sister Grzegina in Lithuania. Our sister in Lithuania lives in isolation. We could not fly directly to Palanga in Lithuania where Grzegina was meeting us. So we had to travel via Riga in Latvia. Never having been to Riga before, we took the opportunity to spend a couple of nights there. If you're thinking, well, how is this scripture? What am I going to get from this? Well, just think, the beloved Apostle Paul writes precisely the same things in his epistles. In one place we read, and from then we sailed unto wherever it was. And again, when they had preached the word in Perga, they went to Ataliah. Now the main difference between the Apostle Paul traveling to visit brethren and sisters and we doing it today is the mode of transport, the speed, and consequently the saving of time giving us more time to spend there. Plus, we may add the level of comfort. Now, the levels of danger which are involved in each case are relative to those periods concerned. And we would say that one is not greater than the other, for they are relative to the time. These travels prompted a train of thought that forms the basis of our exhortation this morning, which is, Thy will be done on earth. Yes, and that's in the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. Now, one of the early accounts in the Bible is that of the Almighty confounding the language at Babel. For there was just one tongue at that time. And this is where we get the expression, what are you babbling about? That's where that comes from. Now, upon considering those days of Babel, where the language was confounded, we thought about the shock and the fear of suddenly not being able to understand people you were speaking to the previous day, if indeed the change took place overnight. But even more so, what would the effect be if it was to, if the change took place during the daytime, perhaps even as you were speaking to someone? Was the effect applied between families? Did families still retain the same language? Or was the effect of confounding the tongue applied within families? Perhaps you suddenly couldn't speak to your mother or father. 
Just imagine not being able to understand one's neighbour or a close relative. No wonder the people separated and they were spread abroad. This was exactly what God desired. And nothing can ever frustrate the purpose of the Almighty. For we read in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, and I know this one well, So shall the word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it, and it shall not return unto me void. So basically three times in that one verse, God is saying, in layman's terms, if I give a commandment, it gets done. It is his purpose to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. He purposed to do it by choosing a peculiar people to be his witness, that he may demonstrate his righteousness, that's his justice and his mercy, to the nations that surrounded his covenanted people. They had to be called out, and if there was only one language, there would be not many, there would not be many nations. So let's remind ourselves of why God confounded the language. Because they were going to make a name for themselves. And here we see the pride of life manifesting itself. Let's just have a look at Genesis chapter 11 verses 1 to 9. Genesis chapter 11 Verses 1 to 9. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and for Asphalt, it says here, for mortar, had asphalt for mortar, or slime for mortar in the other versions. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. We see that the Lord went down and read uh, and confounded the language because God said that indeed the people are one and they all have one language and this is what they will begin to do now that they purpose to do Nothing will be withheld from them. So let us go down and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. In verse 8, so the Lord scattered them abroad and they ceased building from that city. 
So it was because they wanted to make a name for themselves. Now we know that Babel was subsequent to the flood, which was brought about because of man's wickedness. That same pride of life was manifesting itself yet again, and it required the direct intervention of the Almighty to frustrate the wickedness of men. And let's not forget that the pride of life was around in the beginning. When the serpent said, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. The pride of life was not so much the serpent, but in accepting what the serpent said, rather than the instruction that God had given. And God did not want man to have knowledge and understanding at that point in time. And the rest, they say, the rest, as they say, is history. So how does all this fit in with my travels, and how does it relate to why we have met here this morning? Well, it's simple. Because the scriptures tell us about the last days. In Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4, we read, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Now if that verse doesn't describe our day to a T, then I don't know what does. Many shall run to and fro. Surely a description of global travel, if ever there was one. But how, you may ask, has this come about? By the increase of knowledge and understanding. Knowledge of something will bring an understanding if the heart is willing to understand it. And what was man's greatest fear? Go back to Babel. They were of one language and they didn't want to be spread abroad across the whole earth, but they wanted to build a tower whose height was, as it were, in the heavens. They wanted to make a name for themselves instead of keeping the name and the commandments that God had surely given to Noah. But man's greatest fear, what is it? Well, it's his fear of the unknown, of course. And that's what confounding, that's why confounding the one language worked so well. They couldn't understand each other and they feared what people might be saying about them. And now knowledge 
and understanding have increased in our day and time, fear is no longer effective. Man has learned to overcome language barriers so that once more he may make a name for himself. Now we wouldn't usually use the platform to speculate or to put forward personal opinion. But what I'm about to say does seem to fit scripture. And if I'm wrong, I'm hoping somebody will tell me. But So, they wanted to make a name for themselves. God confounded the language so that there were many languages and many nations. But what's happening today? People are beginning to talk with one tongue. Most people would say that the universal language throughout the world is is English. When we look at man's activities, surely this is what the EU is all about. Once more, we have a few people ruling over many. But brethren and sisters, this I do know for a fact, that it is a Catholic club at the top. Yes, the leaders of the EU are all Catholic and they would ally themselves to that false religion. And what would be their purpose? Revelation chapter 13, verse 17. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Now we know that the mark of the beast is the sign of the crucifix, which is made with supposed holy water on the forehead and in the right hand of those who bow the knee to the beast, that false religion. I say I'm not speculating, this is just how I see it. And we have in our day something that has happened which we know as Brexit. And what has this done? Well, we feel that it has undoubtedly wounded the beast. But prophecy will come to pass. It cannot be frustrated. And the wound will be healed. Knowledge and understanding has increased in these last days in more than one way. Man's medical and scientific achievements may seem astounding, but possibly to us the greatest discovery, the greatest understanding has been the discovering, the revealing of the plan and purpose of the Almighty. Brother Thomas was no doubt instrumental, as indeed we all should be, in seeking out and preaching the truth using the talents we have been given, so that those whose names are written in the book of life 
will come out from among the worldly wise and be separate. Yes, there are not many worldly wise called, but the humble and perhaps the simple. For those are the ones who will accept the kingdom of God as a little child. Now as called out ones, we are commanded to get wisdom, to get understanding, to seek it out. And what do we read? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Whilst mortal man in his multitudes does not fear the Lord, they prefer to make a name for themselves, have their own ideas, their own theories, and so they, not, they do not become wise. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we know that God's will will be done on earth. Prophecy cannot be broken. And in our readings for yesterday, we have that wonderful culmination of the Almighty's plan. And I'm just going to read some words from Revelation 21 and 22 for you. When I get there. Revelation chapter 21 and 22. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Now those are symbols, they are signs, that's not literal. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, not the other way round, but the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And here's one of those beautiful aspects of the gospel. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Revelation 22 And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, 
which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And don't forget when Christ returns, at the beginning of the millennium, there will be a new tongue, a pure language that everyone will speak. And there shall, verse 3, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads, not a sign written with supposed holy water, but his name shall be on their foreheads. And doesn't that take us back to the law of Moses when the Israelites, the Hebrews, were told to keep his law in frontlets before their eyes, on their foreheads, in their minds and in their hearts. Verse 6, Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. And in verse 12, Jesus says, And behold, or the angel of Jesus said, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end, the first and last. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And let's just look at Revelation chapter 1 to conclude. Revelation chapter 1. As we said, our theme for this exhortation is that God's will will be done on earth and that purpose cannot be frustrated. Revelation chapter 1. Verses 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins, in his own blood, and made us kings and priests to God, his Father, to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Brethren and sisters, God's will will be done on earth, and it has been made possible by the man whom we have met to remember 
in the way that he appointed. Thank you.